Southern Soul Livestream is a weekly talk show and music hangout where the hosts learn your name and just might remind you of a favorite relative. We spotlight fascinating people, discuss current events, and pay special attention to lifting up generations. So if you want to know more, learn more, be more, or just be, Southern Soul Livestream is the place for you. Join us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Just log on, kick back, and experience the eclectic vibe. Check us out at soullivestream.com. Tonight, people, we have an awesome show. And I am excited because it's January. We're talking about health. We're talking about nutrition. And we have the experts here tonight. We got two segments. We're going to start with the holistic life coaches. And then we're going to transition to a discussion around plant-based food, veganism, and healthy choices. But let's get started. Ladies, welcome tonight. Thank you for being here. Um, this is your first time on Southern Soul. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys are a little speechless, but make sure you come on back because this is what we do. So please introduce yourself. Let's start with Shante. Shante, would you please introduce yourself and let the people know who you are? Awesome. So I am Shante Wright. I live in Durham, North Carolina. I'm the owner of Mindful Bodies, and I'm always wearing a T-shirt. So mindfulbodies.net is my website. And so my business has been in operation for quite a long time. I started in 2010. And so I should probably be out of business by now, but I'm not. But I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor and a physical fitness instructor. So I do a lot, but, you know, it's, it's great and it works out well for me. Awesome. And next up Miss is Kimberly Joy Morgan. I always want to call you Joy, but please go next. All right. Hi, everyone. I am Kimberly Joy Morgan, and I am from South Florida, Jupiter area to be exact. Um, I am a certified health and life coach and also an author and actress. So I kind of wear many hats, but my love, I have also been in business for quite a while. I started um, officially in 2012, uh, so about 10 years ago. So I too should be you know, out of business, but I'm not. And so I'm thankful for each and every one of my clients and what I get to do on a daily basis. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's just step into it, right? It's a new year. January is a time where people begin to think about nutrition, health, fitness. Tell us this. What has inspired you the most about helping your clients, you know, and tell us about what type of physical fitness and services you provide. And you guys can go um, first. How about Shantae, you can start going first. Oh, awesome. Um, so what inspires me is seeing other people's growth and progress. And as a therapist, I'm always going to say that growth means whatever you want it to be. I do not have any kind of preconce- preconceived notions, expectations for the people that I serve. And I do think I serve people. Um And so the physical fitness services that I offer used to be small group personal training at my mindful body's office. But because of the pandemic, Northgate Mall and Durham closed, so I moved to a different office. So I no longer have space to do small group personal training. However, I still teach at a whole bunch of gyms. So you can find me at the YMCA and different gyms. So I'm trying to figure out what physical fitness looks like for mindful bodies in the next couple of years. But I do mostly therapy, you know, mental health counseling for depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. So that's why I'm still in business. So I'm figuring out the physical fitness part at this point for Mindful Bodies, but still serving Durham community. And Shante, I love your story because you do so much. I mean, I admire you. You are definitely an entrepreneur. Kimberly Joy Morgan, could you go next? Please tell us about you. Sure. So do all things with joy is my business. I absolutely love helping people find the place. I always say where health and wellness meets passion and purpose. And because we live in a place where we think it's just about the food that we're feeding our mouths, like what we're putting in there, but really it's what I call soul food or the things that, you know, make us excited about waking up in the morning from our relationships to our career, to our spirituality, to our physical activity, What are we doing and how are we shaping a life that is exciting? Um, And so for me, when I see my clients plug in and have that aha moment that, you know, once they get their primary food is what I call that soul food in order, the secondary food, which is what you put in your mouth, is always in line. 
Because when you see a kid that's really happy, think about when you were a, a youngster and um, your mom called you in to eat and you were like, no, I'm playing with my friends. I'm out here getting physical activity. You know, I'm connected with, with nature and God in a certain way in that space. And um, my career is learning and exploring and playing. Everything was covered. So you didn't want to eat. Right. You know, and that was that's the place that I want adults and my clients to get to is that they're enjoying life so much that, you know, food is really just fuel. And, and they're, what they do with their lives is, is the, that space where they're getting fed. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, when I decided to spotlight each of you tonight, one thing I enjoyed about your approach is that you take a holistic approach, right? And Shantae, you called yours mindful bodies. You know, Joe, and speaking to you, I know, I mean, you just meet people where they are. Can you just kind of tell us what type of problems or challenges that you help your clients with? You know, because... You know, I love that holistic approach in what you all do. It's not just the nutrition. It's not just the physical. I mean, it's the mental also. But tell us, you know, it's January. What do your what do clients? What do people come to you with? What challenges do you help them with? Would you like for me to go first? Or sure. You I mean, whichever. First? I'll leave it up to you. All right. Sounds good. Well, I'll I'll uh, hit this one. For me, um, a lot of people come thinking that, of course, I want to lose some weight, right? Or I want to clean up my diet. But most of the time when we start digging, just like what I was saying before about primary food, it really is I'm not happy with the current state of all of those things that I mentioned and then some. So really, they're coming to me saying, you know, I really want to lose these 25, 50 pounds, whatever it is. Um, I want you to help me clean up the diet. And I'm like, okay, that's easy. We're going to get through that in the first, you know, two sessions, three sessions on how to make that happen. But if we don't address the other things, I can teach you all day long what to eat. And that's why people say, you know, the difference between whether you should have Doritos or an apple. Like it's not it's no brainer. Right. Most of the time we understand that. But the piece that I absolutely love is when they start connecting, oh, I'm eating those chips because my husband travels all the time and I really don't have a life outside of that space, you know, and I want to spend more time with a friend instead of on the couch by myself or whatever it is. Like they start to discover, I really don't like my career and how do I make that transition? So I started off as a health coach and then I knew I needed to get a certification as a life coach because it wasn't just about the food. It really had so much more to do about how we're living our lives and are we really happy with what we're doing each day. Awesome. I see Shantae. She, 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 she's a man. She's in a choir right now. Shantae, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so all of that, Kimberly Joy. Um, so in January, quite frankly, a lot of people, you're right, are coming to their life coaches, their therapists, their personal trainers, all the things, trying to figure out their bodies. But if you believe in a wellness um, modality, which obviously we both do, then it is connected. So I think about these eight dimensions of wellness for my clients. So that is your social wellness. How are you doing connecting to other people? Your physical wellness, obviously, the abs and the thighs and all the things that people want to do in January. And your intellectual, are you stimulated with the work that you're doing? Or do you feel stale? Your creative pursuits, like Kimberly Joy is an actress, music, dance, those different things your emotional wellness. How well are you expressing your emotions? Are you sucking them into yourself? And that's how come emotional eating occurs. Um, environmental wellness, you know, nature, the different things, your house, all these things that are in your environment. How are you doing spiritually and financially? So when people ask me about weight, I'm more interested in all those different areas to see how you know well they're tuned in to all these eight areas of wellness. And that's really how we can help. Because you're right, most people know what to eat and what not to eat. That's not rocket science. But what they don't know is that most of weight management is so much deeper than just, you know, calorie counting and getting on the scale and all those things that could help. But that's not going to solve the real problem. Awesome. Have you seen um, any changes in the clients that come, I mean, to you all since COVID, right? I mean, I know working out, it's a little different, right? Have you seen the problems change? I mean, I'm assuming people are stressed. I mean, what have you seen? Um, Kimberly Joy, you want to go? Yeah, sure. Um, things have changed in the sense of everyone kind of gained the COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, oh, it's you know, and, and I found okay. myself even in that situation, maybe not the 19, but, you know, when you were used to, this is how I do life, this is how I show up, and then everything abruptly changed, what we just talked about, 
that space where your, like I said, my words are primary food, where that became something I couldn't do anymore the way that I did. I wasn't working the way I wanted to work. I wasn't worshiping the way I wanted to worship anymore. I wasn't, you know, interacting with friends and relationships the way I wanted to. So all of that shifted. So it magnified stuff that we were kind of like stuffing down in our, you know, emotions and just kind of pushing through the day and making it work. And so you kind of were like faced with it. And either I find I had one of two clients, one that was just really, really stuck and didn't know how to move forward or pivot. And then I had those that were like, it was the aha moment. And they were like, I need to hire you because I want to, I want to fast forward through this. Like I want to, I want to get to the place where I've been stagnant for five years. I had this big epiphany while I had all this time. And now I need you as my life coach to help ask the right questions. Because as a coach, we're not really telling you stuff. I'm just asking you questions. You're answering your own questions and coming up with your answers that are going to help get you there. But sometimes you just need the, the coach to ask the right question to say, have you done this? Or have you thought about it this way? Or, and then all of a sudden the ideas start to explode. I had a client yesterday, we were talking about writing a book. It's something that I've done. And I just gave her one, asked one question and gave her one idea. And she was like, you have just opened up my world to writing this book. And that, it, I didn't really do anything. It was all her. It was just the question that I asked. So that's what I found. I find it's either people were really stuck and I had to really like get in there and kind of un unwind some of those things we were talking about, or they were like, aha, it makes sense now. And I need you to help me get from point A to point B faster. You know, thanks, um, Julia. You know, and, and, and as, we're, as I'm listening, it just made me pause for a second. I mean, Shante, what is life coaching, right? I mean, we're talking about it, right? But I forgot, it's been one of those words that not everybody uses, right? So Shante, do you might, you know, want to, you know, help us, you know, understand like what is life coaching? Because I remember a time where people were like, life coach, what is that? You know, and it, it was a thing. I don't know if it had a stigma, but it had a thing, right? So so what, I mean, in your opinion, um, Shante, what, what is life coaching and why is it important? That's an interesting topic because a lot of us licensed clinical mental health folks are really not sure about life coaching, but uh -huh. I embrace it all. I think life coaching is just another service, like uh, Kimberly Joy said, is that they're asking questions. They're not telling you what to do. They're not prescribing medication. They're not doing psychological interventions. They're approaching life change in a different way than a therapist might. So I think, you know, some people have this like me, yeah, I can bill your insurance, I can do all these different things for you, but they also think gods. Would you agree, Kimberly Joy, that a life coach is a guide and not a therapist? Because I think it's two different services. And I'm not a life coach, so I think Kimberly Correct. Joy is the better mm -hmm. person to answer that one. Yes, I definitely would say that. I would say that life coaching is... Um, more of the questions and we are not allowed to to go into any kind of clinical uh, work in any way, shape or form. We're here to help guide uh, the the direction of, you know, your your challenge. And it's it's really a, a um, kind of slower process of asking those questions than coming in and, and coming with solutions. It's just asking questions and allowing you to unfold what's before you. And also I have resources that I can provide in the sense of you want to write a book. Okay. Now I know how to do all of this because I've done it. So if you have a life coach that you're hiring that hasn't lived life, meaning hasn't done anything, it's kind of interesting to, to hire someone that really, cause so you need to find out has this person kind of walked this path. And so each health coach that I find, um, Sometimes I have clients that come to me that I say, you know what, I'm going to refer you to my friend because I feel like that person has walked that path of life and can help ask the right questions where I've never been divorced. So coming to a life coach that maybe, you know, you're trying to get, work through that emotional place or that space and you don't necessarily want a therapist, but you want someone to help you through that as a coach, you might want to go to somebody who has been and walked that path, if that's the case. You know, th thanks, ladies, for that. Um and Shanti, you reminded me of the the differences, right, and how people see things. Um, a good friend and I, we, we often talk about this, these nuances. And um, and he went through, you know, various therapists, and he's like, you know, I don't really do therapy anymore, right? He, he, he don't trust him. He's like, yeah, you know, in, in short, those people over there don't understand me. So then things change. Um, so, and he meets a life coach. And for him, 
a life coach totally changed his life, right? And then he starts telling me the story. I'm like, okay, well, what did they do, right? And I'm like, so I'm curious, right? You know, he's like, I'm not doing therapists anymore. You know, I don't like what they do, but life coach works for me. He says, well, you know, one of the things, you know, they do is what he calls talk therapy, right? And he says, you know, we sit down and we talk. And, and I'm like, well, you know, is that kind of like what me and the fellows do when we go to the bar, you know? We sit down and we talk and we share our, our problems and our challenges. And he's like, yeah, I don't go to the bar, man. That's for the heathens. But, yeah, I guess, you know, that's what. And for me, I'm like, wow, could it be every time I go to the bar, I'm getting some form of talk therapy, right? And the reason why this is important is that bars don't work for people. Churches don't work for people. But what I love about life coaching and therapy is that they meet people where they are. Sometimes people need serious stuff. They need medication. Sometimes people just need someone to talk to. And I just love that. So that's how I separate the two in my mind. But, you know, thanks for sharing that. Let's talk about vegan stuff. We're going to go into vegan stuff a little later, but I'm curious, ladies. Um, do you guys, because I don't know if either one of you have kind of have experimented with this plant-based nutrition. Um, Kimberly Joy, are, are you vegan? Have you, you know, tried? What's your story? I am Yes, I'm not vegan, okay. but I am vegan-esque, vegan-esque okay. in some instances. I like um, plant-based food. I can be vegan for a while, but I do enjoy fish a lot. So I don't eat beef or pork. I don't eat shellfish, but I, you know, I tend to have more, a little bit of chicken and more fish. Um, my body occasionally, I do lift weights a lot and it occasionally craves some animal protein. And so for me, I don't have, you know, an aversion to a vegan lifestyle, but I also do not want to give up my fish and some occasional chicken, Okay, <laughs> you know, so, fish. but I, but I have, I've done vegan, you know, like I've gone months just eating a plant-based diet, but it's just not something that I want to say, you know, when you, when you take that lifestyle on and you say, I'm a vegan yeah, you're making a, a strong statement that is, you know, are you like, I don't even touch honey vegan? Are you, you know, what is, what is that lifestyle? And so I don't ever want to claim that because I, like I said, I do enjoy having my occasional animal protein. Yes. And I'm glad that we have the ladies here to talk. I'm calling it vegan is veganisms, right? Because they're going to break it down for us tonight. How about you, yes. Shantae? You know, um, I you... am also. I think Kimberly Joy and I could be friends because I love everything that you're saying. But yeah, I I, I am more uh, balanced, and my my whole motto in life as a therapist, as a trainer, as everything is moderation. So I like to incorporate all the things into my lifestyle. So I can never see myself just saying I'm only vegan. But I totally love you know the. Um, what is that burger? The not the only burger. Is it the only burger? But like the different burgers and yeah. things that you can get. Which is it? Yeah, I think the it's Beyond the Beyond Burger. Burger. Beyond. Yes. So all these different products. So they, they taste really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I know that I'm not ever going to be just in one lane. I am very inclusive. I'm everything. I'm every woman. So, no, I will never be completely vegan. But I do like to incorporate some of their foods into my well-balanced diet. Awesome. Awesome. So a, a few more questions before we um, transition um, to the vegan ladies. But... Um, I just have one question, and then we're going to do, um, because there's a lot about yourselves or, you know, your companies that you guys may want to tell us that, you know, I haven't touched. But, you know, let's go with you, Kimberly Joy. You describe yourself as authentic, right? And, mm -hmm. and I'm curious at how you def define that, right? And, you know, why is that so important to you in the life coaching you do? Well, I mean, authentic means real or genuine, Right. And so I'm the kind of person that what you see really is what you get. I don't come on shows and act a particular way or um, where, you know, I mean, I've, we've, I trust me in the in the acting world as an actress, people see that like, you know, and, and I tend to be the same person when you come into my house as I am right now. Now, of course, yes, we all have different places that we go emotionally like you know you may catch me on a day where I'm sad or I've heard some bad news or whatever that's but that's being real that's the part of the authentic you're going to catch me in that place but it is that I I don't fake the funk with my clients I don't fake the funk with myself I try to show up each and every day genuine to every person that I meet and I the I 
I don't want to say pride myself because I don't I always like using that word, but I want when people like when, if you were to talk to me or someone else and you would come and be like, she's this kind of person, it would be the same. It wouldn't be like a person over here knows me as this one. And this person over here knows me this way. It's yeah, she, she showed up the same way at this place as she did at this place. And so for me, that's really important as a person and also as a coach that I am authentic and real and genuine with every person I come in contact with. Yeah. And, you know, I just realized that, thank you for sharing that, that even though you're in North Carolina, uh, I think you're not too far from Shantae, but. No. Who? Um, for me? Yeah. Which city are you in? I'm actually in South Florida now. I oh, used you're in to South be Florida. in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I thought you were still. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're all over the place. But I think you um, may do some virtual things, right? I mean, oh, so, yeah. I mean, are you doing more virtual things after, I mean, during COVID and yeah. Definitely. So, yes. I, so, so majority of my clients, I don't even think I had one South Florida client that came to my office um, during the pandemic, but that was it. Everything else, and, and most of my clients are all over the world. I, I actually have clients in different countries. So that's a beautiful thing. I, but it was cool because I I have a program called Gut Check Twenty One, which is an online course, and that course has gone internationally. So. I have been able, I was doing that since 2015 and I was using, you know, platforms like this, like Zoom and different things since 2015 before it was even popular mm. because I was trying to reach a, a, a larger demographic. And so um, the pandemic really didn't do too much besides just allow me to continue in the, you know, the vein that I was, was already operating in. Awesome. Tell us about mindful bodies. Tell us about, you oh. know. I mean, are you doing virtual things also? Because I know since then you've opened up, uh, I mean, you have a team of people you work with also. T- tell, tell us about what you guys are doing. Oh, how much time you got, Calvin? <laughs> I'd love to tell you about Mindful Bodies. Um, yeah, so like I told you guys, I've been in business since 2010. I see people in my um, therapist. So I now have four different therapists who are independent contractors working with me. So that's on the therapy side. And before the pandemic, I had six fitness instructors who were working with me. And so we were going into schools, um, different libraries would hire us, different services to hire us, mostly for kids' fitness. Um, So I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like in a post-pandemic world. Um, So, yeah, I do have a team of people that help me out. But what Mindful Bodies is, we are, our mission is to increase mental physical, emotional, and behavioral health and wellness. So like you said, we do a lot. It's And the services are connected. We've got six different services, all of which can be done virtually and also in person. And I still like seeing people in person. So of course, you know, wear masks, six feet apart, booster, vaccinated, all those things. Um, so I think the pandemic has allowed people to be more comfortable, though, seeing us virtually. Because just like Kimberly Joy, before the pandemic, I was using WebEx, which is not great software. So I'm really glad that Zoom is on the scene because it is a lot uh, more customer friendly. Um, But yeah, a lot of clients never wanted to see their therapist online. But now more people see all of us therapists online than they do in person. So yeah, so we're, we're still doing what we've always done, but doing it better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies, thank you for sharing um, with us tonight. Just giving us an intro, you know, you know, almost like a meet and greet. So what we're going to do is we're going to hold tight. Um, we're going to talk to Natalie and Aaron about, you know, vegan lifestyle and plant-based nutrition choices. But if you would hang tight, because what we're going to do is come back and do a little Q&A. And for the people in the audience, feel free to be thinking about your questions. You can type them in the chat. Or later on, um, you can feel free to ask questions. So if you want to contact Shantae or um, Kimberly Joy, then we've shared their information. And I love the fact that they both service people virtually. And I love that it's January and it's a great time, a great opportunity to start some new habits, some new opportunities. So if you're like my buddy and he don't do therapists, it's fine. You know, you could do Kimberly Joy. You know, she's going to talk with you. But if you feel like, hey, you know, this thing is a little different, you know, I want to talk to Shantae so she can bring out uh, the big DSM and kind of tell me what's going on with this. I don't know. Right. But I I love the fact that we have choices. Right. And we have access to different things. So, lady, thank you very much for being with us tonight. I mean, and hold tight. And what I'm going to do is um, 
take a quick break before we start with Natalie and Aaron. Let's see, Natalie and Aaron, I think they are almost ready. But um, let's um, let's do a quick break while we transition and while Natalie and um, Aaron get ready. So welcome tonight. If it's your first time at Southern Soul, welcome. I want to kind of just let you guys know that we're going to be doing this sponsorship opportunity. But there's a few things I want to kind of hip you guys to what's coming up next. The month of January is all about health. Mental health, physical health, spiritual health. And I made sure that we did this show first because next week we have a show that's going to be about conquering diabetes. And we're going to be spotlighting a gentleman who spent 30 years, I've known him since undergrad, fighting diabetes. And recently, he just in 2020 got to the point where he feels that he has conquered diabetes. I often laugh at this, you know, not laugh, but I often, you know, talk with people. They're like, oh, I don't know if I soft skills, this other stuff, this stuff is serious, or this nutrition and this food and all this stuff is important. Come back next week because next week is going to be a show. And, you know, we're going to try to have a good time, but it's going to be a serious show. It's going to be a serious show where this gentleman has just published um, a new book where he talks about his life. And he talks about when he didn't take these things we're talking about so serious, so much so that now he's had to and what he's learned. And he's going to share that with us. Also coming up is, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. One last thing. Um, The last show we had in December was Passing the Torch. Passing the Torch was the show we had for the young ladies in high school who are being groomed for the next generation of leadership. That show is physically live today. So if you hit Southern Soul Thursdays, that'll be your opportunity to go and relive that show. It was a great show. And it was so great, I was literally trying to talk without crying at the same time. Because the things that those young ladies said were so powerful, were so meaningful, that you... You know, you would think out of the mouth of babes, but literally, it's a beautiful show. So hit up SouthernSoulThursdays.com and, you know, check out that show. So let's go to the next group of ladies, Aaron and Natalie. OMG, ladies, thank you for being patient <laughs> that you're segment number two. But, you know, I'm so excited because, you know, I've been trying for a long time to do this vegan thing, right? And I'm like, well, you know, well, I don't know if I'm going to ever do vegan thing. I'm going to put, put that out there. But but I, I try, right? And then Natalie, you know, um, I, I remember when I first thought about this topic, I was like, yeah, we're going to get Natalie and her husband. And I hit up your husband. He was like, oh, no, that's my wife. I don't do that, right? And I was like, what, Chris, are you kidding? He's like, no, you know, she does the cooking. She does whatever. And. But, you know, she's the leader on this. And then, you know, I talked to Willie and everything, and it kind of worked out. So thank you for being here. And Aaron, I mean, I remember when I first ran into you, I didn't even know that you were that chocolate vegan, right? I mean, I was sitting there. I could not find any, um, what is it, K95 mask? And Aaron's right. like, you may have forgot. Aaron's like, I got something, right? I'm like, what? You know, she's she a chocolate vegan. But she also a hustler, y'all. So if y'all need them K95, she got y'all. I'm serious. But... <laughs> Natalie, if you would, tell us about yourself, you know, and just give people a, a, a good, a quick intro into who you are. And then we'll go with you, Erin, and we'll talk about food and nutrition. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so I am Natalie Griffin. Professionally, I am an assistant professor at Middle Tennessee State University, uh, which is about 45 minutes from Nashville. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but personally, I am... I've been a vegan for about four years now, and I really enjoy uh, living and talking to people as much as I can about just a plant-based lifestyle. So glad to be here tonight. Thank you, Natalie. So Erin, tell us about you. Tell us about that chocolate vegan. And I love it, by the way. (laughs) Um, So I'm Erin, also known as That Chocolate Vegan. I am a YouTuber and personal chef. Um, he's right. I do have a lot of hustles. I got more, more, more side business, but that's that's it for that chocolate vegan. Oh, also, I'm an influencer. <laughs> so, Aaron, tell us. Let's go ahead and get started. Tell us about some of the challenges you started. I mean, did you always know 
that you were going to start that chocolate vegan? Like, how did that even come about? Like, you know, and how long have you been doing it? Um, I started officially on just YouTube, just wanted to show people what I was eating on YouTube. They're like, oh my gosh, you're vegan. You're going to waste away. Clearly we see that's not the problem. Um, um, so I wanted to show people you can still eat good on a vegan diet. So I started the YouTube channel that chocolate vegan in 2017. Awesome. Thank you. And Erin, you have a slight delay on your internet, but I think we're going to make it through just fine. How about you, Natalie? Tell us about your story. When did you first decide to go vegan? How did that happen? And what did you go through? What's your origin story, your vegan origin story? <laughs> yeah. So um, the whole decision came about basically from just a history of family um, illness. Um, a lot of things that I believed could be prevented. Um, and I wanted to be as proactive as possible while I'm still young. Right. I didn't want to wait till I was old and got sick or anything like that. So uh, in 2017, I decided to try being vegetarian. So right after Thanksgiving that year, I said, all right, I'm going to try this, do this for about a month or so. Um, and then in January 2018, I did a Daniel fast with my church. Um, and after that, I said, you know what, this is it. I went vegan and never looked back. So it's been four years. So when did Chris join the, I mean, did he was like, okay, because um, um, I'm wondering how this happened, right? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely not easy. Um, at first, he was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, he was always open to eating things that I would cook because, of course, you got food in the house. I'm going to eat it. Um, but surprisingly, about six months later, in the middle of that year, um, I think he started to notice, like, how his body was feeling when he would eat, you know, like, plant-based food and then meat. So, yeah, after about six months after me, he came on the journey too so <laughs> and i seen recently you can tell him i said that i seen him he was somewhere trying to deadlift and lift a bunch of weights and whatever and i was always saying chris, I'm like, hey, chris you're not strong right you're not tough but i guess he's still doing his heavy lifting right yeah he definitely is he's you know his former athlete but yeah he still works out still does everything pretty much the same as he did before he was vegan so yeah okay how about this since since you're the chef in the house right what is your favorite dish to prepare and, and what is Chris's favorite dish that, you know, he likes that you prepare? I will know both. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite dish to prepare is probably my tacos and everything's made from scratch. So I make my own um, tortilla chills um, out of quinoa, which is crazy. I'd figured out that you can like blend quinoa with water and it turns into like a pancake batter and you can, you know, put them on your skillet and make some tortillas. So that's what she is. Um, for the meat, I do like a um, walnut and mushroom base, and you kind of mix in some um, tomato juice and sauce, and that's like your meat. Um, and then some, maybe some chickpeas as like another base, um, a mango salsa, and then Chris will add like guacamole, um, and we'll have some great tacos. Um, I would say, I think he enjoys those too. Um, I also do like a lo mein with my own like sticky Asian sauce that I think he likes a lot. So it's probably one of those. And he he fries oyster mushrooms really well. So those are like our top three. Oh, wow. How about you, Erin? So, so you are officially a chef. You cook for other people. I think you used to work at Marriott, right? So then you start doing your I own thing. I work for Marriott, yeah. Okay, so then you start doing your own thing. So what's your favorite dish to prepare for yourself? And maybe mm -hmm. what do your customers say? Now, one thing I love, I, I must got to give you this shout out. Y'all got to check out Erin's website, right? <laughs> this, her food looks so beautiful. I have no idea how she does it, right? And I don't know, I think presentation is important. But, you know, I, I just want to try it just because of how beautiful it is. But, you know, I'm going to pause there. Make sure y'all check out her website. But, Erin, what do your customers say? What is the dish that they like, right, when you're catering? And what's the dish that you make for yourself? Um, my customer favorite is always vegan seafood. Um, going back to what the lady said on the last uh, interview, like, people of color, most likely, they can't give up chicken and they can't give up seafood. That's, that's the thing keeping them from going vegan. So that's what I focus on. Um, but my my seafood boil top seller um, and my fish plate top seller, like just and I make sure everything is soy free so it doesn't deter even the meat eaters from trying my food. Okay. Um, it, it just flies out the door. People are already like, when are you gonna make another plate? And I'm like, guys, give me some time. Give me, give me, give me some time. I'll, I'll come back to the scene. Um, and then for myself, um, anything Asian. Oh, I'm I'm obsessed with Asian food. Love it. I can go to any. It doesn't have to be a vegan spot. Throw the tofu on there. 
I'm going to eat it. <laughs> okay, so so I'm curious about how, how you do this this recipe, right? I mean, are the recipe, are they top secret? Like, how do you, how do you, um, what's the one you said? The, um, you focus on the seafood and the chicken, right? So how do you make chicken yeah. out of vegetables? I mean, I'm just curious. I'm asking for a friend. So. <laughs> there are so many more plants than meat. Y'all, meat eaters eat the same three animals <laughs> over and over again. Whereas uh, us vegans, you know, we have 50,000 varieties of plants and vegetables. We don't, I don't even know them all. Like, let's be clear. Um, so chicken is mostly from mushrooms. You got oyster, you have lobster mushrooms, you have, um, oh, so many I can't even think of right now. I'm lion's mane. All of those have like a very meaty texture to them. I try not to do mock meat. Like I don't even eat mock beef myself. Um, I still like a chicken as well, but mostly we use these, uh, mushrooms for the chicken replacement, or you can use, of course, a faux chicken. Um, but for me, for the seafood, I use a konjac root shrimp. It's also soy-free. It's a it's a vegetable as well. Um, and then the rest, you know, I smother in 10 different uh, sauces, uh, 10 different seasonings to make up my seafood sauce. Uh, and as far as the fish, that's made out of eggplant. It blows people's mind. Uh, so I see what you're doing. You're, you're doing texture, right? So you're really trying to get people. I mean, it seems like you're putting some flavor in it, too. But it seems like oh, the yeah. biggest, the initial obstacle you're saying is texture. When people make yeah. that initial bite, they want to feel like they're having, you know, some sort of chicken or something like that, right? What okay. it is, yep. So texture how, and seasoning. That's all it really is. It's, texture and seasoning. Okay. So so tell me this. Okay. So I got some athletes out there, right? You know, marathon runners, you know, you know, like hardcore workers. Like, I'm confused. How do you eat to, for performance, right? Like, um, Natalie, you want to go first? Like, how, when, when Chris is training, I mean, has he run into issues where he's like, I don't feel like, you know, I'm getting the right nutrition or food? Let's talk about nutrition when it comes to vegetables. Are we missing on the protein? What are some things that people should be concerned about when they're considering a plant-based diet, if they're going from meat proteins or if they're high performance? You know, tell us about nutrition, Natalie. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's always the number one question, right? People are like, where do you get your protein? Always number one. So <laughs> the thing about protein is, you know, I think that in America, like in our, our typical American diets, like no one really has a protein deficiency, right? Like we all eat for the most part, like unless you blow the poverty line, like you're not starving. And so we have to think about other things outside of protein, like fiber, all the minerals that really keep you going and keep your energy up every day, like iron, potassium, magnesium, um, zinc, calcium. Those are also very important minerals. So as long as you're getting your minerals in from food or maybe, you know, from some supplements, I know people are getting really getting into CMOS now. CMOS has all of those things. So those are the kind of things that are really going to help you as you're like trying to work on your endurance and things like that. Um, and, you know, you might have to eat a little more, um, but you can still get full and be satisfied without meat. So, you know, if you're getting your your, um, you know, your beans, your hemp, hemp seeds, um, maybe some lentils, nuts, things like that, um, those can still give you, you know, help you feel satisfied, give you the energy you need. Um, and you can still have that that same performance. So, I love it. Um, in America, we are not protein deficient. Erin, um, <laughs> anything you want to add on nutrition? No, she she said it all. Like, same. It's one of the things where they just put it in our head. Like, even when they put like now with more protein on the box. Like, was it missing enough before? Like, it's it's one of those gimmicky things, which is why people are always concerned when they go vegan. Like, am I gonna have enough protein? It's like uh, gorillas vegan, and they look just that's fine. Yeah. My mind just went to an argument um, (laughs) (laughs) about the gorilla, but yes, the gorilla is um, mostly vegan and I'm going to stick with that one. So, (laughs) so how about advice? Let's say you got people out there, but before we get to this advice on, you know, people considering vegan or whatever, let's talk about what it is, right? I mean, what is vegan? Because there was vegetarian, there was you know, the, the people yeah. who eat fish, I call them Presbyterians because I can never say that word. But, you know, I mean, what is it vegan? What's the difference between vegan versus vegetarian and and why does it matter? Yeah. Well, vegan means no animal products whatsoever. So there's no milk, there's no eggs, there's no butter. Um, vegetarian, you know, it's pretty much no meat. 
and all those other things like you can have cheese pizza. Um, you know, you can still have sweets and things with milk in them because the dairy is still there. Um, but vegan just means like anything that comes from an, from an animal, you're not eating it. Um, and then it can also go as far as, you know, some people are vegan also to like not wearing leather because that comes from animals. So, you know, people have their levels, but that's pretty much the main difference between vegan and vegetarian. Okay. How about you, Aaron? Uh, same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, am I all the way frozen now? Well, you were, but you're now you're unfrozen. Moving. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, she hit it. Same, same exact answer. Um, nothing from an animal is consumed. Um, the only beef we have with the vegan world now is whether you eat honey or not, but that's a whole nother argument. <laughs> so, so, so my observation, I think vegan is almost like a religion or something like that. No, I'm being silly, you know, but I, I think it is a lifestyle. I think it is. I think it's more than just the nutrition. I think it's also a lifestyle that, mm-hmm. and I, I've discovered that there's some belief systems, right? Like, you know, animal cruelty or no animals and, and, and differently things like that. So, and, and, I, and that's one thing I like, like about what um, Kimberly Joy was saying. She's like, you know, I can be you know, vegan for a, a period of time. But let's get to back to the advice recommendation. For people out there who are considering it, they're thinking about this plant-based nutrition, vegan, vegetarian, what's a piece of advice that you would give them, Erin? Okay, so for me, this is going to be, this is going to sound crazy again. I advise you not to join those vegan groups on Facebook. Like, I know this is like a crazy left-field advice, but it's so cultish. I don't want a new vegan or somebody who's vegan curious to be turned off just by how the vegan police act, if that makes any sense. I'm in several groups, um, and I'm just like, if I wasn't, you know, vegan for myself, I wouldn't, you know, I would have quit a long time ago. So my advice um, literally is just not to find a find a mentor. Um, contact someone you follow, um, a person you know who's vegan or vegan curious like yourself. Go on that journey with them. Do not join those big groups and get turned off in two days. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Natalie? Anything you would add to those people who are vegan curious? Yeah, I would say the first thing you really need to do is change your mindset about food. Because if you go into it thinking, I'm going to be vegan, that means I can't have this and I can't have that. You have like this restrictive mindset. It's going to be really hard to keep it up. So you really have to change your mindset and say, all right, I'm making this choice like to help myself, right, to do something with my body. And that's really going to help you sustain um, the lifestyle pretty much. And just, you know, give yourself grace. Take it day by day. If you say this week I'm going to be vegan and you have some meat, all right, try again next week. It's all good. Yeah, you know, thanks for sharing that. And I love what you um, said, um, Aaron. Um, I was actually thinking about resources. So we definitely um, want to share with some resources. So if you have any websites or anything that you would share, um, you know, I was giving a, a buddy of mine a hard time because he's definitely a vegan police, right? And I mean, it, it, it it's so much, right? I'm like, dude, if, if, if I want it, I already got a religion. I don't need another one, right? So, but, you know, there was, um, wait a minute, I, I just forgot the name of it, but uh, I'm gonna find the name of the website, but I'm gonna call him nice vegan for whatever. But it's a website, and it was founded based on this principle. They said, you know, we didn't like the language around, you know, food, around, you know, veganism, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is start a whole new, you know, dialogue. Um, We want to start a whole new dialogue. And the dialogue was, we're going to change the language. We're going to change the tone. We're going to take it away from, hey, we're doing this for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Not to bash people, not to police people, not to, you know, make people feel some sort of way, but, you know, focus on, you know, the earth, focus on the, the animals, focus on things, you know. And it's um, one of my uh, favorite websites. And Natalie, I remember sending to you, but I can't remember what it's called now, but it's going to come to me. But I really like that. So please, if you um, have any websites, well, maybe you guys can share. Do you have any favorite, you know, websites or resources that you share or I think, Aaron, what you're saying is stay away from the, the blogs, I mean, from the Facebook groups. Anything, Natalie, you would share on people who um, resources they could go to? 
Um, there's a lot of like Instagram accounts that I follow just for ideas for recipes and things like that. Cause I know a lot of people are like, I don't know what to eat and what to cook. So, um, I, I know like sweet potato soul. She's a love, like, you know, black vegan woman who does some great recipes. Um, the electric eats is another account that I love and get some great stuff from. Um, there's also a book called, uh, how not to die by Michael Greger. He's an MD and it's basically just like foods that are scientifically proven to help like, you know, reverse or cure disease. So that's something if you're just like, I want to see like the science behind it, you know, um, but those are some things that I, I follow. Um, thanks Natalie. Anything you want to add to that, Aaron? Well, ladies, thank you so much. Well, I'm um, gonna... Same. So I actually keep going. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, yeah, same. I look at, I'm a Pinterest girl, so I'll look up actually the meat recipe, the original version of it, and then I'll just veganize it myself. But for somebody who, who's not trained like that, um, yeah, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, there's so many resources, so many. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So now what we're going to do is shift to Q&A. So it seems like the chat has been active. I think we have a few people with questions. I know KD got a question, so... What do we have from from the audience? Who has questions? Uh, Tamika, you got any questions or Katie? Actually, no questions so far. Oh, well, I know there's going to be some questions. So let's see here. Uh, I can call them to people. Let's see. I see Tracy. I see um, Keith. I see uh, Aaliyah. Well, we'll have um, the ladies speak while you guys come up with some questions. So, uh, Kimberly Joy, uh, yes. um, any questions? I mean, what do you think about what the ladies say about, you know, this this is journey of this veganism, this, this lifestyle? I mean, I think it's great. It, it, like, I have no problem with any person who has decided that's what they want for themselves, because it really is about our personal journey and what brings us a feeling of health and wellness and well-being and you know it i you know i understand there are vegans like you were discussing how it can be so we can be turned off where people are you know sending you video i've had people send me videos of you know animals dying and being slaughtered and i do understand that and i in and my heart goes out to processes that are not um humane in any way, shape or form. I, a lot of living in South Florida, I have friends who actually fish. Like I know how this is, you know, going down. It's not any like, and, and so I do also believe that how animals die, that energy comes in to their actual organs, their meat their, the, the, that we consume. So we have to be mindful of those things and how that energy is transferred to us. So I, I that's a whole nother story, but I say that in that, if it's okay, if your if your being is okay with consuming meat, then thumbs up. If it's not, then thumbs up. It, it really is about what is that personal choice for the person, and um, I I am fully in support of eating more vegetables and <clears throat> the minerals. You know, the when we see disease in a body, it's because it's a deficiency in a mineral. Every disease is a deficiency of a mineral. And so the more vitamins, excuse me, the more fruits and vegetables that you consume, the more you're going to get minerals that your body needs, right? And so for that, I always tell people, you know, if you're going to take a, a vegan Monday or a Tuesday or in, incorporate more vegetables into your life, that's great. So I I just I'm a I'm a person who believes that as long as you're eating in a way that brings life. Like you're either, everything you put in your mouth is either bringing life or death to you. And when you are consuming an animal product, be mindful of, you know, where it has come from, just in the same way as vegetables, be mindful where they're coming from because they can be, you know, GMO and have all kinds of pesticides. So it's all about awareness and being respectful of every person's decision. So I'm, like I said, my clients that want to be vegan, I'm, I'm full supportive of that and I can help them through that process. And those that want to keep me, I'm for them too. You know, thanks for that. You know, you remind me of, I was, 
since Bell Hooks passed away, I've been really, you know, getting into her books. And of course, I'm a late bloomer, but I've been like having such a great time reading her books. And she often talks about the history of things and how things that were never for us as a people, as culture, but we start doing things like other people are doing. And we never really ask us, you know, how, like feminism, right? We do, you know, it, it wasn't made for black women. It was made for other people, right? And she kind of breaks it down. She gives us the history. And as you're talking, it reminds me of the importance that we make things our own, right? It's like, like, I love Natalie's story. She says, hey, I know my family history. I know the challenges. I know the problems, right? Another book I'm reading is, you know, The Food We Eat. And without getting too complicated, it breaks down the history of food into four stages. It says, beginning, right, we're hunting and we're gathering, right? Mm -hmm. Then after that, we got to the point where we started, you know, you know, herding and, you know, doing crops and things like that. But the third phase of food happens after, um, well, then there was a, a, a third phase, which is, you know, more, let's say, more organized, you know, crops and things like that. But the, third, the fourth phase, which is very significant, was after World War II. And after World War II, where they had a lot of factories and everything that was making food for people far away. Mm -hmm. And it had to be high calorie, high sugar, high salt. And after the war, my conclusion is they're like, OK, what are we going to do with all of these factories? Well, those factories started producing processed food. So this phase four of food is it's described as we are surrounded by more food choices than we actually need. So much so that we're eating. I call it this war food. Right. Similar to, I guess, space food. But, you know, I, I think it's just worth thinking about so much so that we can begin to talk about, you know, making this thing our own. But I'm going to pause for a second and see if anyone else wants to share any thoughts. Um, so I tell you, you want to share any thoughts or Aaron, share any thoughts, uh, anything that we didn't mention? No, I just love this discussion, though. So this whole idea of the vegan police and how it can feel like almost like a cult or a philosophy of life. Like, I am not down with anyone pushing their beliefs on me, whatever that belief is, but I do wholeheartedly support other people's choice. So I totally love what Kimberly's saying. Um, and then I, I guess if we want to just make general comments, I'm just so thrilled to be here. I think this podcast is really well run. I love the behind the scenes and how you're handling it, Calvin. So thank you for inviting me as a guest. And I just love everything about this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Calvin, we have a couple of questions that popped up. Okay. Yeah. Share, share with us the questions. Who do we have? All right. So one is from Angela. Um, how do you deal with older Southern clients? You know, the Chitlin eating crew, <laughs> meaning how do you help people overcome maybe family, um, bad family history eating? <laughs> Is that question directed at a person or it's just open? Open. Oh, that's like a whole discussion right there. Oh, Jesus. So, so does anybody want to, I'm not going to speak on that one. Does anybody want to... Um, Okay, Shantae, want to go? Go ahead. So the first thing is, it depends on what that client's goal is. I think Kimberly Joy would agree as well. Like, it's not my job to tell somebody what they should be eating or what they should be doing. Most of the time, clients come to their therapist or their life coach or to any kind of person that's trying to help with an idea about how they want to live life. So the client probably would just say, hey, we got some high blood pressure, some diabetes, some health concerns. What can we do you know, as a team? And I, I think of myself as part of the, the client's team. What can we do to reduce some of these um, health outcomes? And that might be reducing the chitlins, maybe eventually getting rid of it. But it just kind of really depends on the path that the client is comfortable with. And I do think change has to happen in small steps. And that's what I love about the two people who are vegan. Like, it does feel like, you know, it's a process. Everyone's journey is not going to be at the very same pacing or the very same time. So for me, it just would depend on what the client wants and what they're kind of open to. But not my job to force anyone to give up something that might have some significance for them. Because when you think about food, you think about family rituals, the stories that we tell ourselves, the memories that we have. So taking away anything can be traumatic. And so it's not ever going to be my job to cause someone trauma. But if that's where they want to go, we can eventually get there. Hey, you did it. No one else wants to touch it. You did it. Anybody else want to add to that? 
I, uh, I, I, I definitely, definitely agree. I've serviced uh, plenty of meat eaters with, you know, grandma and grandpa, like, what, you, what y'all about to eat over the wood? What, what, be, what is that? And I'm just like, okay, are you going to try it? Or are you going to sit on the rocking chair with the diabetes? Um, or, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I go there with them because, like, you're not going to chump me off about my food that you haven't tried. You're eating the same thing every day, same over-salted food. You gonna try it or you gonna sit there? Like I'm not about to go back and forth with you because I know how hard headed the older generation is, and I'm not there for that. I'm here to service, provide, feed you all. You can try it or you could not. <laughs> she proud of her food. Yeah, y'all need to look at the pictures. I mean, I don't know what she do. I mean, she be spraying it with water, you know, putting the light on it just right. I ain't never seen. I mean, it just look. But anyway, I digress. What are the questions we have from the audience? Um. Next questions, what are some simple recipes you first started with when beginning your transition to the vegan-based diet? Yeah, Natalie, you want to um, jump in there? Yeah, um, I just started really with simple vegetables. So I, my friends make fun of me, like how I eat chickpeas all the time, right? That's like my staple <laughs> um, because they get protein, you know, um, they're, they're very versatile. You can do a lot of different things with them. So I would do a lot of dishes with chickpeas, like literally just in the skillet, you can like saute some chickpeas, kale, you know, people want to get into the kale, um, onions, peppers, mushrooms, just like a medley and use like whatever seasonings you like. Um, because, you know, if people are transitioning from meat to plant-based, it's all about the seasoning. Like, you know, we're not necessarily eating meat for like the flesh, you're, you're eating it for how good it tastes, right? The seasoning. So um, those are the simple things. Um, I still do like pasta and stuff. So you can, you know, easily find noodles that don't have eggs in them um, and do like, you know, whatever kind of sauce you like, again, adding vegetables. Um, so yeah, those are some simple things that are not too different from, you know, what you might do, you know, with some sides or something like that. So Awesome. I love that. Anyone else want to share any beginner recipes or how to get started? Um, I always encourage people to start off with simple things that even you eat on a meat eater's diet. Spaghetti, tacos, sandwiches, um, any pasta, um, just anything simple that you know you already make simply. Even before, of course, we have scrambled eggs now. We didn't have it when I first went vegan, but they did have the tofu scramble. If you don't want to do that, I understand. They had the chickpea scramble as well. But just start off with what, like, what do I eat on a regular basis? Let me not overthink this. And now let me make it with plants and then mm -hmm. go from there. Thanks, Aaron. I got a question why, Tamika, why you sourced another question. So I think we're getting some questions. So one of the things is about people in the life, on the go, right? Um, you know, do you all recommend any restaurants that have good vegan or plant-based choices on the go? You know, I remember many, many years ago, um, I was like, and I thought I was doing something like, yeah, I'm just going to eat vegetables, whatever. I'm going to go to McDonald's and get me like a salad. No, the McDonald's salad, I don't think that's vegan. I don't even think that's plant-based, right? They got everything in there, right? So any recommendations on restaurants who... I don't know, Natalie. I mean, you're you're in um, Nashville, Murfreesboro. I mean, I think it's different depending on where you live, right? But yeah. any recommendations? Are there any chains or any there any big, you know, um, places for people to go where they can get good, healthy choices that you guys may recommend? Yeah, um, Nashville is very vegan friendly, so I'm definitely blessed in that uh, perspective because there's a lot of options. But as far as chains, some some that come to mind are like Chipotle. Mm -hmm. You can like a right a bowl that has like the rice beans veggies um the, whatever kind of salsa block and that's vegan um if you're near like a zoe's kitchen or tzatziki's like those like mediterranean type um restaurants those are generally like pretty healthy and they typically have like a lot of vegan options like the menu will say like this is vegan or vegetarian so um those are the the ones that come to mind for me okay thank you Anything One of the things that I like to do is um, I go to different cities as an actor, especially and just, uh, you know, in travel, I will Google healthy vegan restaurants near me. Literally, that's all I put in. And then what happens is you're going to get some of those like Zoe's Kitchen, but then you'll get some other places that are, you know, what I call the mom and pop stores or shop or restaurants or, you know, those local spaces and you get to try something new. Um, and so I always say, don't limit yourself. Because people always say, well, I'll take a picture, of course, and post it. Of, and I try to find a great vegan restaurant. That is something that I do every time I go travel to a different city. 
instead of just getting whatever IRC, who's, who's doing something that's cool vegan. And I found some really amazing places in different cities in my travels. So, and that, and the way that I find it is just by saying, you know, healthy vegan and see, I have to be gluten-free. Um, I have some other stipulations and things in my diet. So I have to be mindful of that. So I have to make sure that it's healthy, vegan and gluten-free, right. You know, and can I, can I get that? And most of the time in vegan restaurants, you, you can find those, those options because they know that people you know, have, um, allergies and things like that. Yeah. Thanks for reminding us of that because we've been talking about this extreme, this final goal, right? Vegan, but it's really a spectrum, right? And a spectrum is you start with healthy choices and then you start removing stuff from your diet. And then you consider things like you said, there's certain things, there's allergies and things like that, that just don't work for you and your body, you know, like, um, you know, um, so it's a spectrum, right? So thanks for that. Let's take two more questions before we wrap. Actually, we're not going to wrap up. We have a DJ Spotlight tonight from our very own DJ Afro Sheen. We always end with a DJ Spotlight. And just so you guys know, she is connected with a group of lady DJs out of Nashville. So pretty soon, pretty much every different night, we're going to have a every different week, we're going to have a new um, lady DJ. And we're going to be starting with our very own DJ Afro Sheen. But let's take a couple more questions and then we're going to close out with DJ Afro Sheen. Um, another question that came up is what about expense? Healthy eating to this person means expensive. So what do you say to that mindset? Mm, that's interesting. Is that a mindset or is that the truth? I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, so, so let's talk to the panel. Is access to affordable, healthy, plant-based diet, is it accessible or is it still considered not affordable in some places? I'm curious. What does the panel think? So that's two different things. Um, accessibility, no. You you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I live, I'm not in a food desert per se, but if you don't have a car, you, you're, you're kind of out of luck. You have to go home and cook, and therefore that, that discourages people already right there. They're not going to go home and make a vegan meal that takes two hours when they can just go to McDonald's uh, right up the street. So accessibility, that does make it hard for people to trans, um, transition. That's actually one of the biggest things I tell people. Being vegan is not convenient at all. I will tell people that straight up. Um, but as far as affordability, that is also a myth. It depends on what you're trying to eat. If you're going for the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meats every time, yes, that's going to add up. Or if you're eating a salad and cucumber and tomato, you're good to go. You know, So that, that just makes the difference in what you choose to consume on your diet. Awesome. How about the rest of the ladies? Anything you guys want to add to that, Natalie? Or Yeah, I would agree that, like, I think a lot of times I say, like, vegan and plant-based. So, like, vegan, people are thinking about, like, there's, like, vegan processed snacks, right? There's, like, kind bars and all that kind of stuff that you find, like, Whole Foods. And that is expensive. Um, but like she said, with, you know, if you're going to make your own food and just buy produce, that's not expensive. Like in, if you can, whatever grocery store you have, you can get that. But yes, if you're in a food desert, that's a different story, but it does not have to be expensive at all. Okay. But I also, I know that there's people, I mean, my clients, especially and others that will say it's organic food is going to be more expensive, right? Like, you know, that's one of the things. And, and when we think about, we're not just talking about, you know, yes, vegan, but sometimes, like I said, you can eat the wrong kind of meat and you can also eat the wrong kind of vegetables and the wrong kind of fruit just because if I am detoxifying my body and then I'm using fruits and vegetables that are toxic, it's just as bad, right? You know, so I do say that sometimes to cut down, you can get uh, organic frozen vegetables and not that it's always the best, like it doesn't taste the same as fresh, but it's going to be less. There are ways in which you can shave dollars um from your monthly food bill and then just in general right now and i'm not that's why I, when i say i'm authentic i keep it real food is expensive right now regardless of whatever you're doing it yeah. this there's a premium and i you know i i would tell you if you looked at my expenses i put a premium on our health and my kids and my husband and i buy expensive food but there are things that i do know of how you can cut corners and costs um and ways and places and stores like you have to understand you can go to places like a Trader Joe or a Sprouts or a Aldi's and you can find organic foods and things like that that are cheaper in price 
Um, and you also can can look into farmers, you know, like the co-ops and the places where you can actually get f- like from farm to your, your, your table and it's cheaper. It takes a little bit of work, but you can find things that are, um, budget friendly, but it, it, it does, it's the convenience side of it is where people are like, I don't really feel like doing all of that. And that's where the disconnect comes. I love yeah. it. I love it. Thanks for wrapping us up there, Kimberly Joy. And one of my favorite things is when it comes to solving problems, it's going to cost you time, money, or creativity. It mm. seems like this path to healthy eating, to being more conscious, being more mindful, is they don't make it easy for you. But if you're willing to spend a little time, money, or creativity, then you can make different and healthy choices starting in 22. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you for joining us at Southern Soul Livestream Talk Show. Join us weekly at soullivestream.com. If you're joining us live, we'll take a quick music break and then come back for a discussion with the audience.